Hi, Jeremy. Welcome to Having on All Cylinders. Hey, Chris. How's it going? Thanks for having me here, Derek. You're absolutely welcome. So I thought we'd get kind of stuck in straight away, really. And I know that you've been solving some really big hiring challenges for Informatica over the last year or so. And it pertains to hiring in India and you're building a capability in India. And I know that India is an incredibly high growth economy, um, especially you know, for technology companies. And leaders are either facing that challenge now of how to build capability there, or they will do at some point in the future. It's going to be a destination if you're looking to be a global talent leader at some point, right? Um, so I guess it'd be really great to understand from your point of view, you know, what was the problem you were solving you know, when you as a team decided to look at India as a hub? Yeah, absolutely. I, I would say, so Informatica has been, you know, core development centers in just Bangalore in India for a long time now. Um, one of the things that we were looking or we were challenged with was how do we build more capabilities outside of just Bangalore across Pan India? And some of the challenges that we saw was um, from the hiring perspective, the market is dramatically different between North America, Europe. Um, and when we looked at India, the velocity from a talent acquisition span, uh, standpoint, extremely fast, um, very hard to kind of validate skills and understand, are we bringing the right talent into the organization? Um, just to give everyone a little bit of an example, from a recruitment standpoint, we open up a software engineer job that gets 500 applicants, which in seven days that's getting posted. Um, so we had a really, really challenging from a recruitment uh, productivity standpoint. I couldn't get it to all the candidates, you know, nearly within a, within a week or two weeks or forever. And ultimately, we created somewhat of a bad experience for our candidates, so damaged our brand in the market. Um, so one of the things that we did really kind of early, probably about three years ago, when we started really seeing this um, snowball for us is the, the volume for hiring dramatically picked up. We probably do um, over 60% of our hiring in India. So prior years when we were busy, we were doing 2,000 requisitions a year. So over 1,000 hires in India. Um, so we noticed this problem. Uh, we started looking at technical assessment uh, tools. Um, technical assessment tools to really help us in kind of two different spots was how do we really identify and, and find critical top-notch talent at the beginning of the funnel, but then also deeper into the funnel from a recruitment standpoint, how do we eliminate some of the um, additional interviews that the teams were doing, um, it, which created elongated um, interview process as well as a poor experience for our candidates. Um, so Ultimately, with the technical assessment tool that we implemented, we were able to kind of go through those 500 applicants, which within, you know, two to three days, and then ultimately started establishing benchmarks from the output of the technical assessment to say 70, 80% of whatever they score in the assessment, that was good enough for us to start the typical recruitment process. And so we really did the top of funnel technical assessment for mid to junior level resources. Uh, which was extremely benefit. Um, we were able to get um, through candidates a lot quicker. And then ultimately, when the managers got the candidates uh, within the interview process, they felt more comfortable that some of the technical, basic technical skills were already validated as part of that assessment. So they went from a, your traditional five rounds of interviews down to two to three rounds and were making hiring selections um, immediately, which dramatically sped up our time to fill. So we were probably about 50 days before the technical assessment. And at the end of the, you know, full rollout and piloting of it, we're down to about 35 days in India. So we're able to kind of, you know, based on the, the, the peak in the market, how competitive that market was really meet the demand from a 30, 35 days time to fill 
but also ensure that we're getting the right talent into into informatica awesome that's really interesting and so had you always been hiring in india just at lower volumes and 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 or was that driven by you know a cost thing or just an availability of talent um what was the main kind of business driver behind you know scaling those operations up yeah so the the main driver was a cost um extremely cost beneficial for us to you know continue to span more in india but as kind of we led up to covid we were starting and even during the kind of great resignation we started seeing attrition start picking up people were trading companies over you know 20 30 percent increases so we really needed to ramp up our hiring efforts so that we could cover the gap from an attrition standpoint um, I think our chief product officer at the time had a goal of we need a net 250 engineers every quarter. And so we had about, um, I don't know, 100, 100 people leaving every quarter. So we needed to hire 150 incremental in order to keep up with the, the demand from an engineering standpoint. And that was kind of global attrition that you were looking to backfill um, with talent in India. That's correct. Yep. Uh, we would we generally see when we'd have attrition in north america or india we'd probably see three or four maybe even five engineers get replaced in india wow and the technical assessment tool um what did you end up using so we've been out uh, filtered ai it's a small company out of boston um we looked at a lot of different vendors out in the market and what i really and my team enjoyed about filtered ai's ease of use um a lot of the technical assessment tools you need developers or managers in engineering to be able to set up the tests to figure out what are the right tests for the roles you're trying to fill. The great thing about filtered AI is you can copy and paste the job description into their platform. It reads the job description. It understands the skills that are listed within there and it will pr propose a three to five question technical assessment. So ease of use for the recruiters to be able to design technical assessments and then hand it off to the engineering managers to say, does this test for the appropriate level of skills? And they were they were able to see the output uh, from a candidate perspective so that prior to us going out to the market, we we could easily validate the test with the um, hiring managers. I would say the other benefit with filtered is they have video capability. Um, so a little bit of what's different in India um, is there are you know fraudulent cases. So you might have people other people taking the technical assessment, another person showing up for the interview, um, but it also tracked kind of IP. Um, we're still a pretty hybrid on-site type of organization. So if someone was taking, let's just say the test in California and we needed the person to be in India, it was a good way for us to validate like specific location for those particular individuals prior to wasting any of the critical interviewing time going through a process and finding out they weren't in the same location. Uh, super interesting. I've I've not actually come across Phil today, but I'll definitely check that out. Um, in terms of you know some some of the times and some of the feedback I've heard about you know, technical assessment tools is um, you know hiring managers have an issue with the you know, quality of tests, or they want to build their own tests, or they don't trust it. And I know you just mentioned that you managed to get the hiring managers really on board and kind of trusting that filtering from the platform. Was that a process? And do you have any kind of tricks or tools for people to help get? managers on board with that testing criteria i think a lot of it so the approach that i took was really getting buy-in from a small group of hiring managers first when we first selected filtered ai and then ultimately once we saw it kind of take off we then started creating kind of standard tests based on key functional areas and 
although maybe the managers didn't trust the test, but ultimately we were able to see high-performing engineers in the score they got that we hired on other teams. And then we'd go to a new team to say, well, look, this team hired the same engineer and the one that we're presenting to you, their score was much higher. So it kind of just was a snowball effect once we piloted it with small small teams. They started talking to um, the other managers and they just saw really the reduction in churn between the, the number of interviews they had to go through to get to an offer. Um, it was a major difference between non one with a test and one with a test. Um, typically, without a test, it was about 15 candidates to get one one higher. Now we're down to about seven, eight inter, uh, candidates to get one higher. So almost a 50% reduction there. Wow. So yeah, leading, you know, trialing it and then leading with the data that you have to influence the rest of the organization. That's, um, that, and I mean, imagine the amount of interview, the, high, the amount of highs and interviews you must have been doing um, at the peak there. You must have saved an absolute fortune in interview time. Exactly. Um, that's incredible. Um, and I know you mentioned that, you know, there were quite a few challenges and differences between North America and India. You know, what would you say is, is the, the biggest learning for you and the team, um, you know, being successful in India? I know you, you mentioned this high volume and the candidate experience. Um, I know that we've spoke about before, you know, where your team was located and, you know, figuring that out where the, the team's best placed. Um, could you talk about that or maybe any anything else that you found um, a big challenge. Yeah. So one of the big, one of the other challenges uh, that we noticed with India was um, really a huge drop-off rate of candidates accepting jobs and actually showing up. Um, I would say North America, Europe, ninety-nine percent of the people that accept offers, they're going to show up day one. Um, we, especially in the engineering team, we probably had a fifty percent drop ratio in India. Um, so that was a major challenge for us because we invested all this time in interviewing and then we get to almost day one and we're hearing that candidates are renegotiating with us. So a couple of things that we did um, and we noticed um, a, a pretty good benefit was we started um, implementing more automation into post-offer activities. So we use access or automation anywhere, an RPA tool to really start streamlining some of the activities that we felt were critical touch points for both um, the recruiters as well as the hiring managers to really really create engagement points throughout that process because the notice period typically in India is anywhere from 60 to 90 days based on the seniority of that candidate. So we currently have weekly emails out to our candidates from Automation Anywhere. They're personalized emails. We send them content. We send them videos. We send checkpoints for our managers to check in with new hires. And it really helped us kind of somewhat decrease that drop rate and get a higher success of people actually showing up because we felt that if the recruiters and hiring managers were in tune and excited about those new hires showing up on day one, we had a higher likelihood of them actually showing up. So um, that was one of the big benefits there. Um, and then we really needed to kind of rethink our compensation philosophy um, we had this culture of if someone came back and asked for uh, 10% higher, we would say, well, we're not going to renegotiate. Um, so I would say my advice to talent leaders that are going into India, it's a negotiation battle. So you got to make sure that your compensation team's on board. A 5 to 10% increase, maybe three or four days before they start, is not unrare um, because the competition in India is so high for 
engineering front backend UI developers, um, we got to more of a flexible comp arrangement where we might renegotiate right before their start date um, in order to get that talent on board. Wow. And and was can you talk about maybe that process? I'm assuming that at, at the start, maybe the compensation and benefits team weren't necessarily on board with that. Was there a, a way that you went about that partnership and tried to you know, create a slick process? For, because obviously the challenge of creating and negotiating new offers, that, that scene to start date is... It's tough for a lot of teams. How did you guys do it? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing that we, you know, I personally tried to articulate to our total rewards team was look look at all the time and effort that's going in on the front front half of the process. We're wasting valuable time. And by the time you get to renegotiating 10%, the time and effort from an engineering capabilities or recruiting capabilities, as well as just an onboarding capabilities, the 10% was somewhat of a wash. And I would say the challenge was you know, generally speaking, Radford or, or any of the compensation tools are probably a little bit of a lagging from mm-hmm. what, how hot the market is. So yeah. especially as we saw, you know, post-COVID, comp ranges heated up very quickly. So we just needed to build that kind of trust and relationship with our comp team. That 10% increase prior to start date was going to be something acceptable. And then when we looked at it from like an ROI perspective, the money we put into it, this is a washed and it's, it's more beneficial for us to get them to start. And, and did you, you, know, you mentioned the the automation um, of the kind of post offer touch points. Um, you started and you said you were somewhere around a 50% drop rate, uh, especially of engineers after offer acceptance. Did you see a, mass, a massive improvement there in the in the metrics? Like what did you manage to get it to or, or close to? We're probably around about a 20% currently, oh, um, wow. which, is, which is still not great, but still a, about a 30% reduction, um, which really helped um, just drive engagement. It was real is more so like managers were busy doing their development work and they forgot about their new hires because it was 30, 60 days down the road. And so just driving touch points with the manager to show that excitement to new hires that we were still thinking about them, it helped reduce. Yeah. Excellent. And um I know that another thing that you've looked at um and it's been really successful um for Informatica and your team has been the internship programs. Um could you maybe talk a bit about those, you know, why you decided to do them and how you set them up and the success of those programs? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say intern program for for me personally, it's been a, a really kind of source of, you know, close to my heart because I kind of grew up real fast through the ranks. And, and, you know, when I came to Informatica, we had a marginal intern program. It wasn't very much volume, um, but ultimately we were out going to the market looking for more junior resources. So Um, we decided to really increase the volume, which I think kind of aligned with kind of pre-COVID when we needed to ramp up our development resources. Um, And so we really focused on how do we um, effectively get a wider reach for our interns from a lot of the top tier colleges in India um, to be able to bring that great talent who might not necessarily know about Um, We are a little bit, we have about 2,500 people in India. We're not the big name household names like Oracle, Facebook, you know, Amazon, whatever. Um, so some of those colleges didn't really know about us. So we have a small campus team. Um, we started building um, relationships with those campuses. Um, they have a thing in India that has MOU, Memorandum of Understanding. Um, so we started going out to universities to see if we could partner with them to teach Informatica products as part of their computer science organization so that they were more familiar with our product offering, 
where we sat kind of in the infrastructure space um, so that there was more demand and need for, um, you know, awareness around Informatica. And then ultimately we kind of capitalized on with the technical assessment. Uh, with the technical assessment, we decided to have a little bit of fun um, because we only had two people on our campus team. We couldn't go out to all the campuses to go do on-site tech talks, um, go there to assess the students. So um, two years ago, we started a info infothon is what we called it. It's kind of like a codeathon. Um, we created like a contest where the top 10 people, we gave away prizes and the Amazon vouchers. And it really kind of took off for us because um, during COVID, we couldn't travel, we couldn't go on site. So we used, we created an online campaign, sent it out to all the universities. The first year we had um, about seven, 7,500 students complete the test. And based on that kind of uh, infothon, we were able to fill our entire um, intern program of about 100 interns. Incredible. Um, it was super successful. We redid it this year. Um, and we did 17,000 people took the online coding test. So huge uptick, took off in the market. Um, and we were able to, again, we spent zero expense going out to campus. Um, we were able to get a lot of brand awareness about who we were um, as an organization and a lot of excitement around it and really saved a whole bunch of time and effort from going out to these universities and hiring our intern program. Now, the benefits by us doing a technical assessment getting a wider reach from um, our campus program is we made some significant impacts on our DEI efforts, uh, especially in India. Um, we've been going down this journey as an organization of how do we improve our overall representation as an organization. And I would say India was the most critical spot for us because of the availability of diverse talent in India is pretty darn close to about, I would say, 60-40, so 60% males, 40% nice. females in the space that we needed. And so we set pretty aggressive goals with our intern programs where we said, we're going to hire 50% of our internship program females, so 50-50 balance. And then ultimately, based on you know year over year, we've done that. Um, India, we're, we probably went up about five percentage points from a female representation across our whole organization. And I would credit that all back to intern program and thinking about setting um, aggressive goals of how the early talent comes into the organization. That's, that's really, really amazing. And how did, was there um, a specific way you attracted more diverse talent or you, you know, positioned your brand to attract diverse talent? I would say the big thing that we thought about differently was we went out to more female organizations um, so we, we tapped into other new organiz uh, universities that we never, you know, thought about tapping into so that the, I would say the exposure was more balanced approach. Um, but also as a organization, we, we were very mindful of, you know, how we positioned this out in the market. Um, we also did a women's only COVID thought. So it resonated really well within the Indian market. And just, I think by being out front and center, um, you know, living our values as we are marketing this, as we're looking for, you know, diverse representation to the organization. It just really created a lot of buzz and noise within the market and we were able to achieve those aggressive goals. It sounds like you've had such, you know, huge success um, in India and obviously these different programs of work that you've, you've delivered over time 
seem to have been incredibly impactful for you know obviously the Indian market but the company as a whole. In terms of the teams that were delivering this this work, was this all delivered by internal your internal teams or did you outsource any of it to um, third parties? All of this has just been done by my internal team. Uh, it's really a team of two, like I said, um, and it was it, it was a, just a little bit of thinking about things differently. And it's not just taking the tr- traditional approach that we did. And we were able to deliver it pretty much no cost. Uh, obviously, we had to pay for the technical assessment vendor and some of the prizes that we offered out there. But based on the market, how competitive it is, if you have the right story, you have the right kind of you know market positioning, it was super successful for us and easy to do, quite honestly. And are, and are the team members that you have, are they based in India? Yep. Both of them are based in India. Um, they've been you know pretty long-standing um campus program um individuals um okay. so it's i would just say it's a little bit of how do we rethink the traditional campus program to take in a different approach to get um you know more awareness out in the market and you seem you know from this conversation you seem quite an early adopter or just a general adopter of technology um you know when using it in the recruitment process uh whether it's general filter ai or the automation tools that you use. How do you broadly think about you know technology um, as a way of achieving your business's goals? And do you have a methodology of assessing, uh, deciding when to use technology? Yeah. So I think when I first started here at Informatica, I think one of the challenges was we had way too many tools. Um, recruiters had you know six different sourcing tools. We had you know uh, external website. We had an external referral portal it just kind of complicates the kind of core stack. Um, so ultimately when I first came here, um, I built a data warehouse with all of the applicant tracking data that spits out into it. Um, so ultimately we were able to look at things like to under, better understand usage of the sourcing tools. Where did we get you know candidates from? Where did we hire them from? Which was a really baseline thing. But then when you started putting the price on it to understand your cost per hire by vendor, Um, it was quite alarming to see that we had way too many tools and we needed to slim it down. So ultimately my approach from a technology standpoint is to really understand like what are the key pain points that the recruiters are going through, but then also looking at it from like um, a lens of candidates. Um, We were noticing when we didn't have a technical assessment tool, we would auto DQ all of those four or 500 people off the requisition we closed the requisition, poof, all those candidates went into the ATS and we weren't doing rediscovery of candidates. Um, so for me, it's it's understanding like where are the most repeatable processes that we're doing and are we continuing that journey with candidates post, you know, the requisition or post the conversation? Um, so I really look at like, will my recruiters buy into a piece of technology? So typically when I'm assessing tools, I typically bring a couple of the recruiters or the recruiting managers along and say, I think this is a great opportunity for us. Are you bought into it? And Man. typically I feel like if you can get the the people that are doing the hands-on work involved early and bought into the solution, then when you do buy it and you do put it into practice, they're the ones actually driving that conversation. So that's kind of my approach. And then ultimately, since I have all the data to be able to kind of reevaluate the purchase, it's always looking back on a year-to-year basis to say, is it driving the expected value that we wanted to drive? And if it's not, then we got to go look out in the market for something different. 
that kind of leads me on to my, my final question for you, Jeremy. I guess you know, there's lots of talk at the moment about AI in recruiting and all these new tools and, and, and how it's going to transform the TA space. I guess, what are you most excited about um, when it comes to you know, the future of, of, of TA? I think for the future of TA, I hope uh, with all of the AI talk, um, I think hopefully some of the AI can help solve some of the major challenges that TA leaders are having, especially when we get back to hiring. Um, I think one of the major challenges is from a candidate being able to understand what position do they fit best within your organization. Um, one of our challenges we have is we might post 20 software engineers, all principal level software engineers at once on our website. And the reason why we post them all is every manager wants to see their job posted out there. But when you think about it from a candidate perspective, they see 20 principal software engineer jobs, they apply to every single one. So I'm excited to see, you know, how can technology or how can AI help kind of that journey from a candidate standpoint to be able to match them to the appropriate level, to the appropriate job, maybe based on their resume, maybe based on an assessment, but you still don't lose track of those candidates in the future. Awesome. Well, I've learned a ton during this this conversation, Jeremy. Thanks all for your time um, and chat to you soon. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate your time.